it is a fun time at Easter, nonetheless. Um, but it is Resurrection Sunday. And I say that because there are so many different definitions of Easter uh, to different folks, but the truth is that it is Resurrection Sunday. You know, the thing is, is that uh, I, I look through... Uh, past messages I've done for Easter. I've looked through um, messages other pastors have done, and, and um, <clears throat> you know, there's not any uh, effort here to try to be uh, more creative than others or more creative than the last. Uh, but there is something I felt like the Lord was putting on my heart uh, about this Easter. And I'm looking out at a, a pretty full crowd this morning, and I really believe that there's folks that are here that were here in first service and here now that God is has brought you here to hear a specific message for you. You know, I think any pastor could maybe say that at any message if the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding him, but I felt really strongly that this is something uh, that some folks need to hear. You know, if we're all on the right path, then we're probably wondering what is our purpose here on earth? You can think of a lot of different religions, a lot of different beliefs, uh, even folks that trust more on science than faith, and at the end of the day, uh, it's hard to fight off the urge to wonder, what is my purpose on this planet? Even if you go with the premise of that, it, that I happen by happenstance, that still, am I going to leave a mark when I leave here? Is there going to be a remembrance of me? Is, is there anything, any legacy? Is there anything that somebody is going to remember about me? You know, the sad truth is a lot of the statistics about suicide, the, that the suicide notes and the things, the, the despair that leads people to that point is they really believe that no one will miss them when they're gone. But the truth of the matter is, is that if we're, if we're truly in sync with what uh, we should be with, is we're looking for what is our purpose. Well, I'll leave this mark. Well, I'll leave Mark. Well, we're going to have the, the kids come in, and uh, they have a little uh, short program they'd like to present to us. Lovely crosses adoring our wall, no way portrayed the truth at all. For death that my Savior died for me was upon a treacherous blood soaked tree. His life, his love, filled crimson red from his hands, his heart, his feet, and his head. As for a Redeemer, the Lord of hosts is his name, the Holy One of Israel. We celebrate our risen King. He lived, he died, to life to bring. The perfect sacrifice was he, his blood was shed for you and me. Cruel pain to show his love to clear his name. Love redeemed us at Calvary. Praise God, praise God, Christ set us free. Had Christ not hung upon that tree, not a ransom would there be. No blood to cover all my sin, no freedom and no peace within. No hope of resurrection day, no path to follow heaven's way. But good for you and good for me, he did, he died unselfishly. Shout for joy, the tomb is empty. Praise the Lord. He is risen. Water, you turn into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. None like you. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise, there's no one like you, none like you. Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other. Our God 
is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? Then what could stand against? Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer. Awesome in power, our God. Our God. I know, I know that my Redeemer lives. Christ paid my debt on Calvary. Faith in his defeat, Jesus is alive. Jesus won the victory over death, hell, and the grave. No man has greater love than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. The Lamb of God of holy glory, Jesus gave his life to tell the story. Let the redeemed of the Lord save you. We worship you, Lord, the holy Lamb of God. He's alive, he's alive, Christ is arising, he's alive. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whomsoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life.
Thank you, Pastor Tim, and thank you, kids. That was awesome. Love to hear the kids singing and and uh, reading scripture. Um, well, as I as I begin this uh, this is truly a, a Sunday when we can focus on the cross, which we should, and focus on salvation, which we should, and the price that was paid, which we should. But again, what is our purpose here on earth? What is our life all about? What will all future what will all future hold? What will my life matter? Will I leave a mark on this earth? You know, often you could say success is marked by a vision for purpose. Successful people, successful organizations often have to have a vision that gives them a purpose for being, a purpose for, for what they do. And a vision for purpose in the hands of God can drive a person to do great things like build great leaders, heal lands, and Rescue from destruction and lead masses to salvation. We might even think of names like Abraham Lincoln or Martin Luther King Jr. or Winston Churchill or Billy Graham when we think of, of great leaders. A vision for purpose in the hands of the enemy, however, can drive a person to slavery and things like genocide, mass destruction, and, and world domination. Those names you might, you might come to mind might be Hitler or Timothy McVeigh or Saddam Hussein or Osama bin Laden. But there is no more powerful man on earth than the one who has found his purpose in serving God and releases himself into full surrender into the will of God. Each of the men I mentioned, they, Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King Jr., Winston Churchill, Billy Graham, Hitler, Timothy McVeigh, Saddam Hussein, Osama bin Laden, while it's not comfortable to put them in the same, in the, in the same category, there is a common denominator between all of them. They had a childhood. They probably went through awkward teen years. But yes, all of them found a sense of purpose. While we don't want to mimic or follow those who found an evil sense of purpose, we do have to think about the ones who followed God's leading and, and how did they find that purpose? How did they find God's purpose for their life? We have to know that every single one of them had a past. There's some things about Winston Churchill that maybe you don't know about. You think about his big conquests and, and the things he's well known for, but uh, did you realize that he had a lisp, and, and they say maybe he stuttered, uh, did very poorly in school to the, to the point that they actually had to send him to about three different schools as more of a punishment, that he struggled um, he struggled with his speech. He struggled um, with his academics. 
his father and relatives being involved in, in government areas, he, he got drawn to uh, the parades where you see military parades. And so he, he had an interest in the military and uh, sparked that interest. Um, he was independent and rebellious by nature. And even though he is a poor academic, he also had some problems in his, um, in his family life. His mother rarely visited him at the schools where he is at. Uh, he wrote letters begging her to either come to the school or allow him to come home. His relationship with his father was distant. He once remarked that he barely spoke, uh, they barely spoke to each other. And then his father died at the age of 45, leaving Churchill with the conviction that he too might die young and had to be quick about making his mark on society. With all of this, at age 18, while visiting his aunt, um, he nearly died when he fell from a bridge over a seaside uh, area. He sustained injuries in the fall that had him bedridden for three months. And that lisp continued throughout his career and reported consistently by journalists of the time of that time and later, and authors writing in 1920s and 1930s before sound recording became common also mentioned Churchill having a stutter, des- describing it in terms of such as severe or agonizing. But get this, his dentures were specially designed to aid his speech. And after many years of public speeches, carefully prepared not only to inspire but also avoid hesitations, he could finally state, my impediment has n- is no hindrance. He went on to this uh, valiant military career in Cuba and India and Sudan and South Africa and and gained notoriety and then later uh, into parliament and and into uh, government positions and became a very well-known speaker and motivated uh, people by those speeches. When we think of Abraham Lincoln, some things to know about him, his mother died from uh, some uh, problem with a milk disease and then later his father remarried, but they moved around some, and, and uh, he was kind of known. They, they thought him to be lazy. He didn't like the hard labor. Um, <clears throat> he didn't like taking responsibility for the chores expected on him or, uh, and the other boys in the household or on the farm. Um, in early March 1830, fearing a milk sickness outbreak along the Ohio River, the Lincoln family moved west to Illinois, a non-slaveholding state. They settled on a uh, in that state, and uh, several members of his family uh, prepared to move to new households. But all this moving and all this upheaval and losing his mother still came to be the man that we know that led this great nation. Martin Luther King Jr. King said his father regular whip, whipped him regularly whipped him until he was 15, and a neighbor reported hearing the elder king telling his son. He would make, make something of him even if he had to beat him to death. King saw his father's proud and unafraid protest in relation to segregation. There's a lot of things that shaped him uh, that he dealt with but rose to uh, the notoriety that he did despite what he had to deal with at home. Billy Graham, he was an uh, unassuming teenager who was talked into going to a revival where he gave his heart to the Lord. But, but in 1933, when he was 14, as prohibition in the United States ended, Graham's father forced him and his sister Catherine to drink beer until they got sick, which creates such an aversion that they both avoid alcohol and drugs for the rest of their lives. 
after Graham was turned down for membership in a local youth group because he was too worldly, uh, one of his friends talked him into going to that famous evangelist where his story really began. It was during his time at Wheaton College that Graham dis- decided to accept the Bible as the infallible word of God and then the rest of the story. But who would have thought that he would go on to lead thousands and thousands and thousands to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through the crusades that he led? And the Bible is full of others who found their purpose and God created them for, uh, that God created them for and, and were fortunate to be able to read their stories. But, you know, they had pasts as well. We can go all the way back, but if we just go back even as far as Abraham, Abraham had a past. There was troubles in his family with his nephew Lot and others and some, some, uh, some troubles there. Also in a culture where you were identified and found value in whether you had children or not, him and his aging wife Sarah not even able to have children. A lot of pain in that for them. A lot of questions for God, I'm sure. A lot of struggle. But he still wanted to follow God. We think about Moses. I mean, Moses is, some, is a pretty common story to most. But, but we focus on Moses leading the children out of Israel. But think about when he was a baby. His birth mother cared for him up to about three months. But because of the persecution and things going on, she hid him in a basket by the river. And Pharaoh's family pick him up and he gets adopted into the family, right? This is a man who's, you know, I'm sure had questions for his birth mother, whether he knew who she was or not, of why? Wasn't there any way? Why would you leave me? And then in, in Pharaoh's uh, camp, he's seeing his own tribe, his own people being persecuted by Pharaoh to the point it angers him one day and he sees one being beaten by an Egyptian and he kills the Egyptian. And the next day, a couple of his, his, the Israelites see him and, and he comes towards him and, and they make a comment about, what, are you going to beat and kill us too? Can you imagine the abandonment issues Moses must have had? I don't know if I even have a people. I don't even know if I belong anywhere. What's my purpose? Why is this happening to me? Why was I abandoned? I mean, this, a lot of people dream getting pulled into a king's palace, right? But, but Moses had a struggle. He wanted identity. He was, having, uh, he was having abandonment issues. And then God asked him to go speak for him. And just like Winston Churchill, just like others, he says, I can't speak well. I'm slow. My tongue is slow. I can't speak, Lord. But then we also think about David, King David. But before he was King David, that little shepherd boy, right? He gets, he gets selected. What they think, the family thinks originally, he's getting selected and anointed with oil to become, uh, become a prophet like Samuel. But, but what they don't know is he's actually been selected to one day be the king. But they'd first gone through his brothers who it says were better, you know, they're better looking and they were strapping and they were ready and they were more fit for what you'd think for, for selection for that service. But it was little David that was selected. But David also, his story, there's pain there. David later as a, as a king fails greatly in many ways, morally. We know the story of Bathsheba. He has her husband killed so he can have her. And we, we can hear his laments, you know, in, in, in some of his writings where he is so sorrowful for, for uh, sinning against the Lord and against her and against her husband. 
And yet God still calls him a man after his own heart because David desires to serve the Lord. You see, there's something interesting about all these stories. Besides the fact that they were all children, besides the fact they all had a past, they all had pain, but there was a passion there. There was a passion to serve God and to find what he purposed them to do. And it drove them. Their pain from their past, their past and that pain literally drove them to discover what their potential was that God had planned for them all along. So when your past, your pain, and your passion intersect, it's the sweet spot where you will find what you're put on this earth to do. We're taught, and we should be taught, that there's no condemnation under Christ Jesus. When you become a Christian, God says he forgets your sin, your past sin, as far as from the east as from the west. It's forgotten. When you remember it, you know that's Satan bringing it up. However, one thing we should add to that is God's not wanting you to forget all your past, just the past sin. Because he has purposed that even those things that were meant for destruction, he is going to use for his glory. A lot of times we think that if we become a Christian, then we're going to become something totally different than we are. Yes, there'll be changes morally and spiritually, the things that will make different decisions. But if you're a jokester, you're probably going to be a believing jokester. (laughs) I never got out of it, okay? You know, we have all been designed to, to, to be certain ways. But when our past and our pain intersect with passion, our passion, it's a sweet spot where you find your purpose. We first have to get to where our past and our pain fuel our passion for what God has created us to be. Each of those examples I gave you had a common denominator. Their past and their pain fueled their passion. But then there's one other. See, we, we talked about Abraham. We talked about Moses. We've talked about David. But there's one other that's very important for today especially. And that's Jesus. But you see, Jesus did have a past. It's just not like the others. Jesus had a past. In fact, Jesus had no beginning and no ending. So where's his past? It's in the past of those who were created. In Abraham's past, in Moses' past, in David's past. You see, because what Resurrection Sunday is about is there have been so many attempts for man to finally be right with God and have right relationship with God, and man had failed. Adam and Eve Noah and his family tried to get a new start. God tried to clean things up and start again. You know? And time and time again, they just couldn't do it under the old covenant. So what was that Resurrection Sunday about? What is that Easter Sunday about? Christ came not because of his pain, but because of the pain of those that were created. That their past and their pain could meet his passion. And I think it's very interesting that we call that movie and we talk of this week, Passion Week, the Passion of the Christ, because it's true. It was his passion for the creation. It was his passion, it was the Father's passion for the creation, that he sent his one and only son to die, not because of anything for his personal, his personal good, but for ours. Because we're all going to have a past. We're all going to have pain. But when it intersects with that holy passion, we find out what God put us here for. Often we, 
we let the enemy disqualify us for being used of God because of the very things that he wants to use to qualify us. Someone who grew up at home with drugs and alcohol uh, that, were, that were frequented around their, their family and, the, and their siblings and them and addictions and God frees them and they think I could never preach the gospel because of my past and my pain. Sexual abuse, I can't do it because I'm so, I'm so ashamed of my past and my pain. But you see, Jesus came to take that pain and that past and put passion to it and to save the lost. He can do so much through those who will just let him take that past and that pain and use it for his glory. We have to stop letting the enemy disqualify us from being able to live the kind of life Christ wants us to live because we think somehow, some way, because of church religion, because of uh, church history, because of our culture in church, that, that you've got to be look and dress and act a certain way before you can be used of God. And it's nothing but a lie of the devil. We've looked over the past weeks over stories like Zacchaeus, short man, tax collector. Nobody liked him. Nobody liked tax collectors. They still don't. But... God could use him when his heart, when his past and the pain he had been causing himself and others intersection, intersected with Christ's passion. There's some here today, I know, I know within my spirit that you have let your past and your pain prevent you from totally surrendering to God, from totally letting him take control, for using those very things that you're ashamed about, using those very things to win others for Christ. We have some sitting here today that are already in that spot. They are they're letting their past and their pain already win others. You know, every time uh, Pastor Mickey goes to see someone at jail, God has taken his past and his pain and mixed it with passion and men are coming to know the Lord. We have to quit listening to the lies of the devil. This Resurrection Sunday is all about not just resurrection, but restoration. Ken, if I could have you come. We're going to take a moment, and in a minute I'm going to have you bow your heads and your eyes, or close your eyes and bow your heads, and we're going to pray. But I'm going to ask a simple question. I'm going to ask if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I've grown up in church where we did the bow your heads, bow your eyes, and no one looking around, and, and we do that. But then often I've heard it said, we don't want to embarrass anybody. But you know, Jesus said, if you're embarrassed in front of men, embarrassed of me in front of men, I'll be embarrassed of you in front of the Father. And so what I want to do, I, want us, I do want us to bow our heads. I want us to close our eyes for a minute. I want to pray. But I'm going to ask, if you're here and you need to make things right with God, you need a relationship with Jesus Christ, that you'll raise your hand, that you'll come up here and you'll let me pray with you. Let's pray. Jesus, I just come to you and thank you, Lord, for your word, for this Resurrection Sunday for, Lord, these children who are learning about you, who are, who are being trained up in the ways of, of your word. God, I pray we as adults won't let the fact that distance and time from when we were that age, Lord, our past and our pain would prevent us from, from truly experiencing your passion, the, the love that you have for your creation the purpose that you've set out for us, Lord, the, the things that you want us to fulfill and the things you want us to accomplish in this, in this life, Lord. Lord, there could be 
ones that, just like Billy Graham, that, Lord, it's, it's depending on them for thousands and thousands and thousands of souls. There may be others will never hear about what they accomplished for the Lord until we are in heaven, but, but it is just as significant. And I just pray against the attempts of the enemy right now to shut them down and to, to, to make them fearful of making this decision. If you're here this morning and you need to accept Christ as your Savior, you need to give your, your life over to Him or back over to Him, I want you to just make your way up here to the front. trust in my heart that means that we all have made that decision but if you're here and you just couldn't get yourself to to step out then I want to pray with you anyway I want you to pray this prayer you can pray it silently I just want you to pray with me that that this conversation that the Holy Spirit is having with your heart will continue after this service that you'll be willing to hear listen and hear it just pray this with me dear Jesus I know I've sinned and I know I continue to sin I don't know how to stop. But I know that you can lead and guide me and I just want you to be my Lord and Savior. Lord, just forgive me of my sin and and be my King of kings and Lord of lords. I believe in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can look up here. I'm excited about this Easter and this Resurrection Sunday. I hope that uh, you'll spend lots of time with family and and slow down a little bit today. Enjoy this Resurrection Sunday. Um, Make sure you meet a few folks on the way out. And um, Wednesday night, 630, make sure you're here for for service. And uh, love y'all. Happy Easter.